If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Hello, and welcome to Gaze on Film. This podcast is where we, a pair of gays, talk about what we're watching. I'm Ned. And I'm Declan. And in this episode, we'll be talking about the latest Martin Scorsese film, Killers of the Flower Moon. Remember, there will be spoilers once we get to the headline feature, so as always, do proceed with caution. But before we get to that, I'm dying to know what you've been watching recently. Um, what have I been watching? So, was it yesterday? No, Sunday. Sunday. Sunday, I went to the cinema to see um, How to Have Sex, which is a directional debut. Were you taking notes? It wasn't really like that. Oh. Don't actually really... I think I understand the title, but I won't spoil it. Okay. Um, But it's a British film where a group of girls kind of go on a rite of passage holiday when they're 17. Um... It's a directional debut by Molly Manning Walker, who I would say is one to watch. Um, it perfectly kind of transports you back to, like, we're not girls, so we can't really fully, but I went on holiday to, like, Magaluf with a group of girls, mm. and I can kind of see the naivety that when you go on holiday at that age, you think you're invincible. We were invincible. Well, I know, but you're not really. No, I know. Like, you think you know everything and then you go to somewhere like that and you're like, oh, God. So there's all sorts <clears> about <throat> kind of exploring consent and and female adolescence and friendship and all that kind of stuff. And it was great. And for a film that, you know, it's a drama. It's set in Malia. It could have looked pretty standard from a cinematography point of view mm-hmm. but it was beautiful Aww. it was gorgeous um so it's currently out in cinemas when this episode goes out on wednesday the 8th um i don't think it'll be there for long but movie was the distributor of it i think so it might go on their streaming service can um, we get their streaming service in the uk mm-hmm. yeah yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it it premiered at Cannes Film Festival and all that kind of stuff. So it, mm. you know, it's it's um might get a couple of BAFTA nominations potentially. Very nice. I've also watched. Well, I've now finished the first season, which we got really late in this country for some for some reason. Um, it's been out in America for a while. But Interview with a Vampire. Now, I won't I wouldn't say it does anything particularly original with Mm. the vampire genre but i think the books that it's based on are fairly old anyway well not all not like bram stoker's dracula kind of who wrote dracula bram stoker right it's not that old (laughs) um but it doesn't do anything particularly original but it's done very well um and i really enjoyed it and it's on bbc iplayer if anyone wants to watch that is that a bit gay yes and that's there was a film with Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt years ago called about the same, ad, ad, adapting the same, <laughs> adapting the same novel. Yeah. 
and it got a lot of criticism and it gets a lot of modern criticism because it totally kind of took the gay out of it where vampires are inherently kind of always a bit queer. Yeah. And it was in it was overtly in the books. They were very kind of a homoerotic set of books. Um so I have to read them. There's <laughs> quite a lot of them, I think. Is um, it? The oh, second God. season is coming as well, so it's not as if it's a one and done. Um but yeah. Uh and I also wanted to talk about the morning show, which I've now watched nine out of the ten episodes of season three on Apple TV, and mm-hmm. I think it is popcorn entertainment. It's not gonna it's not amazing. It's not crap. The performances are really fun. Jennifer Aniston is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I just love it. And so is that one from who was on Graham Norton this week. Past Lives, what's it called? I don't know. I'm not very good at names. I feel like But we did it's... talk about the morning show last time. It's Greta and Lee. mentioned Greta Lee. Yeah. Oh, well, I won't repeat myself. But well, yes. Already have. Well, yeah. <coughs> oh dear. What have you been watching? Well, last night I went to the cinema on my own, uh, made a little visit to Hyde Park Picture House and saw my first Leeds International Film Festival 2023 viewing, showing, showing, screening, mm. um, Anatomy of a Fall. But I'm not going to go into too much detail now, Declan. I can tell you're chomping at the bit. <laughs> But we're going to have a LIF special episode after the festival. Yeah, because so... I think it'd be quite good because a lot of these films either don't have distribution yet mm. or they're not coming out for another few weeks. So yeah. it might, I feel like it'll be a good episode to make sure you look out for this film. It was really good when it does get released. We'll so, work out the format. Yeah. Um, so that'll be fun. Mm. Um, other watches of note since we last recorded, we saw Chicken Run on Sunday evening. Now we are planning on doing a time capsule episode on we that are. one as well. So you might uh, want to keep mean, your beak closed on that one. All I'll say is that you literally cannot watch it too many times. I still find it hilarious. I grew up on it. Um and we're excited for Chicken Run 2, Dawn of the Nugget. We are. So, that. Mm-hmm. What else? Oh, and prior to that, we watched Scooby-Doo and the Ghoul School, which, all the way from 1988, can't believe that. Um, and it wasn't the full Scooby gang. It was just Scooby and Shaggy and Scrappy-Doo um, at a school for ghouls. Not girls, ghouls. It's an hour and a half of my life. I won't get back. Oh, don't be such a Scrooge. Hang on, didn't What's you give Halloween it two stars? On... Yeah, that doesn't mean I didn't like it. Just means it what I enjoyed good. more was you and our friends who, uh, unbeknownst to me until recently, I've discovered absolutely crazy Scooby Doo fans who can quote all the niche naff eighties and nineties films. I'm not quite films. as obsessed as them too. Um, that's weird that they can do that. I was like, are we going to watch this or are you just going to talk all the way, yeah. like, say Gianni, the words Harry, all the way through it? we're talking to you. Yeah. Um, so that was more enjoyable, watching Aww. everyone. Watching everyone have a good time. Yeah. Oh, you do have a heart. Uh, who was doubting that? Nobody. Oh, God. I was just reiterating. Um, when did we watch Fall? Well, mid- after It was midweek last... last week. Yeah. Can't remember which night it was. You've blocked it out, have you? Oh, I did not have a good time watching it. I mean, it was a good film, but I did not have a good time watching it. I hate heights, and it was set it was 2,000 quite... feet in the air. Yeah, it was high. For the entire thing. Did not did not enjoy the watching I experience. I think it was a real tense kind of popcorn film. It was very film. tense. Yeah. Um... It's on Netflix. It does quite like fun things with the story and things though. So like if you like a bit of a um it's not a disaster film. What is it? A thriller? One of no. those films where like people get stuck in stupid places and have to get out. It was one of those sorts of films. Very um dramatic. Just watch calls couple it of twists. Mystery and thriller. I don't think it's either of those. Oh well. But it's on Netflix anyway, yeah. and it's been, one <clears throat> sequel was greenlit, and now a second sequel was greenlit, so there's obviously going to be a some sort of 
Fall franchise. Oh, very um, nice. Can't wait but to I think they're enjoy probably, those as well. I think they're probably quite cheap to make, so... And if it does well, quite well, I mean, well, it had then... an entire cast of three people. Mm. Um, and two vultures. And two vultures, which were probably not real. <gasps> Shock. Um, is that everything we've watched? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. What's been going on in the news? Well, we haven't recorded where we had a news section in since the death of Matthew Perry. Oh, R.I.P. Which is a death that hit me quite hard. Yeah. Because, like so many people my age, I mean, you're probably in the minority. I am. Um, Friends was like, I would come home from school, I would watch two episodes, maybe four, on E4, and then have me tea, and then, you know... So it was like at least an hour a day of all of school. I was growing up with these characters. And I just think it's just sad. We don't really know what happened other than where he was found. But Mm. um, it's interesting that he has kind of asked, although he doesn't, although he knows that this probably won't happen. But he wants the first thing in his... He always said he wanted, like, the first thing in his obituary to be about kind of how he helped people get sober. Because apparently he owned, like, a halfway house for people. Yeah, I think so. Um, Which he realistically knows that he will always be remembered for Chandler being first. Mm. But I just think people should recognise that. I just thought it was very sad. I think as we start getting old, like, I feel like we've gone through a phase where you've, you hear these celebrities die and you're like, oh, I don't really know who they are. Cause it, they're more like your, you know names, but you've not got the at- emotional attachment yeah. to your parents. It's more, like, it's more like your parents' generation. Whereas mm. as obviously we get older, we'll experience, oh my God, yeah. so-and-so's died. Yeah. So, um, yeah, incredibly sad. Um, and I want people to stop hounding the cast. They've released a statement. Leave them alone. I've seen some horrible, like, paparazzi chasing them, taking photos of them, trying to get them... People need to get a life. Trying to get them to comment on how they're feeling. I mean, they're going to be pretty devastated, aren't they? So, yeah. Um, So, moving away from that, I just wanted to talk about a variety piece that was released this week that was absolutely... (laughs) Scathing on um, about Ma- Marvel and the MCU. It basically Variety said as in the publisher. The publisher. Yeah. It basically said that it's screwed, the Marvels won't fix it, and it kind of said a few bits about some of the shit that's going on behind the scenes. Um, some of it we already kind of knew. Um, basically, they've got a major problem with Kang. Because of mm. Jonathan Majors. Mm. The Marvels is tracking to potentially be the last ever opening weekend of a Marvel film. Oh, God. Um, although I will comment, I think a lot of that is, is misogynistic based. And I think the fan base has got very toxic. Yeah. Um, some of the... Some of the stuff they've released in the last couple of years have been absolute, in my opinion, clunkers. Secret Invasion was horrendous. I hated Thor, Love and Thunder, which we all know from listening to this podcast. Mm. I thought Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania was fine. Yeah, but for one that is fine. But for an MCU film that is introducing the next big bad for this phase, it was a bit like, oh, is that it? Mm. Um... So there's a lot going on, and I guess what I wanted to ask you, your opinion on something. Me? Yeah. We've all, I would say, and I can't believe I'm admitting this, I don't care as much about Marvel as I used to. I'm actually more excited to kind of start seeing what James Gunn does with DC for a bit of a change. Mm. If there was a couple of things that you think Marvel should do to fix it, is there anything that you think I'd much prefer them to do this? Um, I don't know. Kind of wish you'd asked me that before, so I could prepare an answer. Oh, sorry. Do you um, want me to answer first? No, oh. I'm going to <laughs> come up with an answer right now. <laughs> I just think everything's become too formulaic, and 
the things that feel like they should have stakes don't really have stakes. And because they're trying to make a unit, like a cinematic universe, which is obviously no mean feat, like fair play for trying. I just think maybe it's a little bit overcomplicated and in trying to make it so complicated, they're not being able to do stuff as well. You know what I mean? Like spread themselves too thin. Yeah, I think that's the general consensus, to be honest. Mm. I think with I the think TV I... shows as well, it's like, you look at the Marvel's trailer, and if you've not watched Miss Marvel, mm. I'm sure you can probably jump in and watch it because they'll, they'll, they'll have a couple of lines where it brings you up to speed. Yeah. But I think it's gone too big too quick as well. Like, yeah. there's too many... They've got too many characters now that they've introduced who we've never seen since they've introduced. Yeah. Like, where's Shang-Chi? Where is Moon Knight? Where is Hot, the new Hawkeye? Like, yeah. where are they all? Like, yeah. at least you had a main bunch with... It kind of made sense to centre around the Avengers. Yeah. And that allowed them to have a few different franchises popping off. Like, there was Iron Man, Black Widow, um, Captain America... No, Black Widow wasn't a franchise. It was a one-off, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Captain America was. And Thor was the other one I was going to mention. All of those were really cool. And then the Guardians became like... A thing. A a group that you could have used as the centre for a few different branches, maybe. Um, But I think what they've tried to do is pull in bits from parts of Marvel that haven't yet worked, like, become a... Yeah, like, Shang-Chi isn't... A movieable franchise. Well, like, Shang-Chi isn't as famous as Captain America. Whilst I really like the film, it's not, like... It's not a Batman. No. Oh, that's why I think, personally, they should kind of do a little bit of a soft reboot and just regroup around both the Fantastic Four and the X-Men. Yeah. Because the X-Men in itself could be... Exactly, like you could have loads of you have the X Men universe well, exactly. if you wanted to. Yeah, so and those characters are ones that are well known X Men films. Yeah, they I already have fans. growing up. Like, yeah, yeah. So um, we shall see. Yeah, I think they just sort of overegged the pudding a bit, got a bit overexcited, and it's all starting to crumble in on itself. And you can tell that um, the Marvels is struggling because they've released a final trailer today with pre-ticket set, pre, yeah, pre-ticket sales, tickets. yeah. And the third trailer I wish I hadn't seen because it used... Of, of the Marvels. Yeah, yeah, it used Captain America, Tony Stark, like, it used the Avengers, like, old clips of the Avengers, it used Thanos. What's the point? Brought, like... Because they're clearly struggling with ticket sales. And it also revealed a cameo and a potential spoiler. So well, Marvel I mean, seemed You give too desperate. much away in the trailer and people don't even need to see it, though. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, nobody enjoys to see a film that they have seen the entire plot in the trailer. Although there is something out there. There is a development I am slightly warm to. Mm. Do you remember Echo, who was in Hawkeye? She was deaf. Yeah. She's got a series coming out in January and it's called like something. It's going to have a different, you know, when Marvel Studios starts and it has that, it's going to have a different indent and it's going to be like more grounded stories that don't really have to be, can be watched on their own without having to see the rest of the MCU. Oh, that might be good. And it's (laughs) R-rated, like it looks badass as well, the trailer. And I just think, oh, maybe that's a... Yeah, where they fix it a bit. I think that's probably something to to be said because I think the the more you watch of Marvel, the more you need to watch of Marvel for the rest of it to make sense because they've tried so hard to weave everything in together, which means that people get tired of it. They should keep like the must watches quite slim, and have lots of branches coming off it for people that have different interests. I agree. Anyway, let's. Uh, Well, what a time we've had, but now it's time to cast our minds into the future and get excited for what's coming up in the world of film. It's time now for Trailer Trash or Treasure. And what have we got this week, this episode? Because we're doing more than one a week. Uh, Is it a film? It looks like a film. I think so. I've not actually seen this trailer. Lisa Frankenstein. (laughs) 
Um, so, as usual, listeners, we will pop the notes, note the link into the show notes. If you would like to watch this trailer along with us, because neither of us have seen this one, uh, pause now and rejoin I just us. say, imagine if this was called Liza Frankenstein, and it was Liza Minnelli as Frank... Sorry, that's just like... Yeah, anyway, see you after the sparkles. <laughs> Well, that looks quite fun. It does, doesn't it? Looks like a fun Valentine's Day. I swear I in the last say, episode we were on about things that didn't have the right release dates, but I would say this has got a pretty good release date for what it is, horror comedy. Yeah, and it's an interesting segue on from our um, lively discussion about Marvel because isn't she from Ant-Man and the Wasp? She is, Quantum although there's thing. quite a lot of actors that you could say now <laughs> are in the MCU, I guess. Yeah, but not every trailer we watch has a no. That's true. A that's Marvel true. actor in. It's also got Cole Sprouse in it. I think it looks really funny, and I am interested to watch it. So am I. Um, yeah. So it's. How would you describe it? Looks like, like it's set in. I want to say the eighties. It's like a spoof on Frankenstein story. Yeah. Look, I think I think from the trailer I get that the story is going to be something like lonely teenage girl decides to make a boyfriend out of body parts. Yeah. And then they go on a bit of a spree. Yeah. Yeah. Trash or treasure? Treasure. Just yeah. yeah. Not like oh my god, but yeah. yeah. It's like treasure for me. Keep hold of it. I do want to see the film so it's done its job. Mm. Don't really have I mean, much else to say about it, though, things, do we? To be honest. Oh, did I see at the end of the trailer, though, as well? It was either directed or produced by Zelda Williams, which is cute because Zelda Williams is Robin Williams' daughter. That's cute. And also has the name Zelda, which is also cute. So, Yeah. Lovely. Is that it? Yeah. We were talking about the trailer loads. Oh, well. It was quite... Uh, there wasn't much to it. Yeah, it was, was quite there? snappy. Yeah. Um, and now for this week's headline feature, Killers of the Flower Moon, coming up right after this quick break. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Killers of the Flower Moon. Scorsese's next biggin. Biggin. It is a bit of an epic, isn't it? It is very epic, yeah. (laughs) three, Three and a half hours nearly. Yeah. Incredible. And I can't decide <clears throat> if I felt it or I didn't. I don't think I did. You don't. You're not. Your attention span's better than mine, though. 
Not necessarily. Some two-hour films I really struggle my way through. Mm. No, I was like, three and a half hours is a long time. And I did was like, you know, it wasn't like it was full of action. So it was talky-talky kind of No, but you did keep it moving It did, nicely. yeah, it was it quite never, snappy. It never stayed in one place too long. And there was plenty going on. But it stayed quite easy to follow as well, so you didn't get like lost in the mix either. Yeah. Do you want to synopsize us up before we go? I was going to say, should yeah. we should we do the plot for our listeners? Yes. In the early twentieth century, the Osage Nation were forced to relocate to land that seemed apparently worthless to the U.S. government. When oil was discovered and wealth poured into the area, tensions simmer between. Osage and white members of the local community. Ernest Burkhart, played by Leo DiCaprio, nephew of a local landowner and, Leo. and friend of Osage people, Rob De Niro. Or is it Bob? Do you say Bob? You could probably, could. yeah. Anyway, I wrote Robert, so I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Molly marries the daughter of... Oh, Osage people. Why have I written that? I think I've put the sentence in the wrong place. So, I feel Ernest... like he's talking about the full film again, are you now? <laughs> no, I'm nearly at the end. Oh, right. Ernest Burkhart marries the daughter of a wealthy Osage family. She's called Molly, played by Lily Gladstone. In the years that follow, the community ra- are rattled by a series of murders that go uninvestigated until the FBI sends someone to help. Yeah. I probably could have edited some of that, but you get the picture. Yeah. It's difficult to do a three and a half hour film in two or three sentences. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I guess so. So, initial thoughts? Uh, loved it. I did like it a lot. I yeah. think I sometimes can't describe Scorsese's films, but I have a. They're not my favourite for kind of a. Give me some others so I can. Or... Well, I didn't like his last one, The Irishman, that went straight to Netflix. I thought that was uh, boring I... as sin. Did I watch that one? No, I'm thinking of The Highwayman. Highwayman. Um, what? He's done Gangs of New York. I quite like that one. I haven't seen that. Um, Shutter Island, I didn't mind. Actually, I, I like Shutter like Island, that. actually. And I quite, oh, I'm talking myself out with this because I quite like The Wolf of Wall Street as well. But I don't tend that. to look at... I don't tend to like his... Mobby films, this and they no, I know, and like Goodfellas, Taxi Driver, and I'm, I'm I hate to say it, I know it's not Scorsese, but I don't really like The Godfathers that much because of that. I just find mob films. I can appreciate the craft, but I just but this wasn't a mob film. No, but tonally it, it did feel. <coughs> it was a bit quite like... similar. Like, it themes. wasn't Shutter Island, was it? No, like, if there we... were themes that would be um, quite comfortable in a mob film, for sure. And like how manipulating people and framing yourself to be the good guy like Robert De Niro's character does and turns out he's not, he's, yeah. the, he's the puppet master in it all. But I think it's a very, very good film um, and actually incredibly depressing. I don't know if I would describe it as depressing, but I, w- I definitely think that's a fair description. Um, I think it's possibly um, telling some truths that people aren't quite used to telling or hearing. Well, there has been some criticism, actually, that a lot of this film, basically the white characters were a lot more fleshed out than the... Osage Native American characters, which I can, mm, I can get on board with. Yeah. And someone was yeah, quoted no, like can, saying, "It's not, it, it's not that it, it's not good for rep- Like it's making progress, but we're still not quite there." And it also made them look like. And then there's somebody yeah. saying that I Do read you know what where it did. It told the story from the perspective of the white, the white family, yeah, rather than of. Um, Lily Gladstone's family. Yes, but 
That's why. But I think if it you're had Martin to Scorsese, it was it, well, what exactly. Went on in the background. If you're Martin Scorsese as well, who's always done films kind of critiquing the capitalist system, critiquing America's history at points as well. Yeah, he's not gonna. I don't understand how he could necessarily do it from the point of view of the Osage. No, he I don't almost think he wants could. us, us as as not me because I didn't yeah. persecute the Native Americans, but whites to realise what we did because this happened all around the world with colonialism and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, so it definitely at a point in time it comes when it's definitely relevant to tell these stories. It's definitely um, an effort to reveal some truths about history that have been whitewashed or erased um, through the years. Um, well, I've think listened to a few interviews where people say, "What?" Like in America, I mean, I did, I did in history GCSE the American West, which includes some of the Native American history. Yeah. Never heard of these. No. I remember the, is it Hugh and Sioux and all Sioux. those? Yeah. Like, but it's a very untold story. And what I did quite like about using another story within this film that people do recognise was the Tulsa... Reference to the Tulsa race riots. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's something that's always taught, I would say... I even that even, I think has only come out into like common knowledge in the last five years. Oh, I remember studying that. The but, first time um, I heard of it was um, after the murder of George George Floyd. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's that's yeah. So, but I didn't do history past year nine at school, uh-huh. and the oh, only I thing I ever really learned about was World War Two and the transatlantic slave trade but that was very much told from britain's perspective but no i found it incredibly yeah i think what well not to pre- frustrate to watch as well at times yeah. like right from the start the law requires so once white people find out that the osage have got oil on their lands and greed kicks in and oh no we kicked them onto a different land but now we're going to encircle them and and infiltrate our way into their lives because we don't hate them now they've got money but like right from the start law requires court law requires court appointed guardians to manage the money of full and half-blood members assuming them to be in quotation marks incompetent yeah which it's just horrific (laughs) Like, it's awful. Yeah, um, I mean, it's the active exclusion of indigenous people, isn't it? Yeah. From economic systems set up by colonial interests. Um, What was I going to say? I don't know. I think, yeah, um, going back to sort of criticisms of the fact that the Osage characters weren't necessarily as fleshed out as the white characters. And responding to your point about Robert De Niro not really being in a position to tell it the other way around, I think, which does make sense to me. I think what criticisms like that do don't necessarily say Rob, uh, say Martin Scorsese should have done it differently, but say that someone else needs to tell the other side of this story in another way through a different lens. That's what we want to see next type thing. You know what I mean? I wonder like if the progressing book... progressing the conversation. Because it's based on a book, isn't it? I wonder if it's... I wonder if the well, book is I'm written from... Well, I'm confused about that because I thought it was based on a work of fiction. It was adapted from a work of fiction that was based on events from real life. But the first, the first paragraph on... Wikipedia says that it was based on a book that was non-fiction. So it's based on a true story. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, but what I'm saying is, I don't. I would like to know if that that God, if that book is written more from the perspective of the white people or the Native Americans. Well, it is written by a man called David Gran. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, what 
What I found probably, the, and I've touched on this already, what I did find probably the most menacing was um, Robert De Niro's character, William King Hale. Um, just because, you know, he's this kind of, frames himself as this <coughs> friendly benefactor. I mean, they of. all call him King. Exactly. Weird, like um, it's cute when we do it. <laughs> We're not um, doing it for some sort of weird power grab. But like, it's just awful that he's playing like he's on their side he's secretly scheming to kind of murder them steals their wife tells Ernest who is DiCaprio's character to kind of court Molly Kyle who is played by Lily Gladstone um really quickly because that's the family that's got kind of loads of money Mm -hmm. um but I will say Robert De Niro does play it incredibly well like for me to have this much of a reaction to it um you know, it's been it's done yeah. well, and I think I, our I, I three liked... lead performances were all really, really strong. Well, yeah, I mean um, that's I mean you kind of expect it from De Niro, DiCaprio because we've seen them in lots of things. Yeah, but no, I but they're say... not necessarily like bulletproof. Are no, they? but Lil, uh, Lily Gladstone as Molly Kyle played it in such a like muted. I felt that kind of. All of it was on her face. Yeah, All I of felt the that her was character was the most lived in. Yeah. Like, I didn't feel like I was watching somebody acting. I felt like I was watching somebody living. And as, like, as her family slowly and slowly get picked off one by one. Oh, it's just awful. But, but it just... it, The way she deals with it is so realistic it's like bit by bit chip yeah. chip away chip away chip away at her and she's like yeah and then before we know it bloody Ernest is poisoning her through her her, God, her insulin which is awful as well yeah. um hey didn't um what's his name the king what's his actual name hmm what's the guy uh, Robert De Niro's character's name William King Hale William Hale <laughs> Didn't he take um, keep your friends close and your enemies closer to, like, the absolute extremes? Did he? Yeah. In what sense? He made his nephew marry the person he considered his em- enemy. Oh, yeah. And then poisoned Well, it wasn't even that. Family. Do you think he saw them as an enemy or just, I want your money? Well, I mean... they're two different things, in my opinion. I was just using the common turn of phrase to make a point. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But thank you. <laughs> I tell you one thing I did feel like wasn't done very, particularly very well. So mm-hmm. when, when Will Hale does tell Ernest to court Molly Kyle, mm-hmm. there was bits where we see scenes where he is courting her. Mm-hmm. But I think it went from his first introduction to them getting married slightly quick. Now, I don't know if this, if the story should have allowed more room for their relationship to flourish and we see it a little bit more. Or perhaps it was the point that, like, he had an objective and he quickly got to well, it. And also, let's remember, the point of the story is about how they were all plotting the murders of Molly's family and it's already three and a half hours long. And I don't think there's much else I would cut. And when we get to the ending, it kind of felt rushed at the end. Yeah. So I don't someone, think there was space Yeah, for that someone at Empire Magazine said he thinks this would have been better as a miniseries, and I probably would agree. I think I might be tempted yeah. to agree. Um, I tell you what I did love. The Owl. Yeah. And I you and I read about it. It wasn't CGI. Scorsese something like actually cast that owl and it, it was a well behaved cool. owl as a well. A well behaved owl. Yeah. So That's I liked adorable. it. And I liked how it was obviously kind of using the owl as a symbol of the the cultural connection they've got to nature within the Osage. Well, yeah. Um, and what who did they see when they were about to die? So when Molly's mother died, when, when Molly's mother died, she saw her husband who had died before the film started. Yeah, and 
was it? Was but it a few of them saw people? Was it a character or was it a spiritual guide maybe to the afterlife? I think it was the latter. Can't quite remember. I remember noticing it though. Um, I think that was see. Really I nice. I wouldn't describe myself as a particularly spiritual person, but things. Would you call this a religion? No, culture, religions, and cultures mm-hmm. that all religious beliefs attached to yeah, culture, isn't it? That use like where they've got a very amazing relationship with nature. Mm-hmm are the ones I can get on board with because I really like that kind of stuff. Yeah. I always remember when we did the American West in uh, history and it was when they used to kill the bison. Bison? Mm. They used to literally use every single piece of it. Yeah, there was not a bit wasted apart from they buried the heart to give it back to the land. Well, that's not really waste, is it? No. It's used. Yes. So I like all that kind of stuff and, and I liked that it did touch on kind of you know when they're about to die they kind of see the relatives which i guess is a a cultural thing for yeah. them yeah. um i think probably the most i mean there's quite a few shocking scenes but when hale organizes for the host of molly's basically molly's last sister yeah and her husband yeah hale organizes for that house to be blown up which is fucking nuts and it was harrow like it was quite a harrowing um sequence that I you thought. saw way more than you were bargaining for yeah. in that scene i think and even just the way it was built up because i'd seen some sort of explosion in the trailer and i yeah. just think oh this is i think this might be the bit because it went really quiet yeah. and it kind of went through the, the town a bit and then boom their windows went flying in and like God. it's like what's it's all, it's like a bit like a Troy story. Not Toy Story, Troy. Troy. What's the horse they used in Troy? The wooden horse. Is that what it was called? I assume so. I mean I they might have spoken Latin name. or Greek. Um No it was Trojan Latin, wrote, Trojan wrote, horse. Trojan horse. That's yeah, it. Yeah, it was Troy. But like it's a bit of a longer game, kind of like they're in it. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't really like know how just how they've infiltrated the way in and slowly kind of yeah killed him. It's horrible. Yeah. Um, and like even when she's die not dying, but when she's really ill with insulin poisoning and him putting stuff in, she travels to Washington DC. Doesn't she? Don't think she? it's insulin poisoning. That's just the vessel by which they poison. No, her. that's a, oh, she's getting not, her insulin. She, she needs the she's insulin, but she's, he's putting other things in it. But they're, well, that's another thing. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio's character was such an idiot, like so thick. Why? Thick as pig shit. You've got this wife who you reckon you love, which I think I was convinced that he loved her. See, I think he... Your uncle is like, yeah, she needs this medicine, but also just as a favour to me, will you inject her with the full vial of this thing every single day? Mm-hmm. No questions asked. Not a single thing. And also, every time he seems to try and take plans into his own hands, it goes wrong because he's not thinking things through because he's an idiot. Like I just felt it really, really irritated me throughout because I was like, you're so mediocre on your best days and not many of your days are your best days. Mm. really irritated me because I thought I felt like um, Molly had a bit more going on between the ears and it didn't really wasn't quite convinced by their relationship in the early days to be honest no I think when don't one of their child die of whooping cough yeah I think Ernest loved his children but I don't think he loved her well, he did say he loved her a few no, times. No, I didn't get the vibe that no. he truly did, though. I think he loved what she could potentially bring to him. But I don't think he was even in it for that, though. He was just doing exactly what his uncle told him. He didn't have a original thought. Oh, right, I get what you the mean. Entire th- the entire thing. Yeah. I did like how towards the end it became a bit of a courtroom drama. So did I. Because I love a courtroom drama. And I look like... The way you say that is really strange. I feel courtroom drama. Courtroom, not courtroom. Courtroom. (laughs) It was she. Um, Courtroom drama. 
Um, <laughs> I like that, and I like legal dramas as well. But yeah. this was good. Um, but I liked how kind of yeah, the final act was in a courtroom when an FBI agent played by oh god, 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 Jesse Plemons. Um, it just kind of uncovered bits of it. Um, it plays out. The courtroom bit's quite well done, and I like... Is the final scene her? Other than when they're wrapping it all up. The uh, powerful scene when Molly sits down with Ernest and says... She's basically goading him. She knows that he's poisoned her. Oh, she's like, I'll give you one last chance to tell me the and truth. And he doesn't, and, and he she doesn't. just gets up and walks away. That's yeah. the main kind of scene to end it with, isn't it? I think so. And then the last bit is kind of a bit rushed. I would agree with you on that. Mm. So it kind of does it go through what does it go through footage or I can't remember. Right, so how I does want it explain to, what happens after? To get into the ending, I think we have to understand that throughout the film there are like Themes on cultural heritage, so it's really kind of telling the audience about um, traditional values in the Osage Nation. Mm-hmm. Then it's all about how new wealth interacts with that culture. So you see kind of people um, drinking too much, people driving around, people being unhealthy and all of that. Then it's about how money corrupts, which is all about sort of the thirst for wealth is uh, the motivation for the white folk to start conspiring against the Osage. And then when he gets to the courtroom, it's the injustice in the judiciary because there is quite clear bias. Of course. I mean, there still is in America. Yeah, in favour of white people over any people of colour and indigenous people. Um overall in the judiciary so they have to work really really hard to get any sort of um convictions through in this case um and then the ending is like and here are all of these really important things and we're going to stand on a stage and talk as if we're doing like an oh, that was it. building type podcast that was it yes yes it cuts to like a radio show doesn't yeah. it yeah it was a strange creative decision. It that. was really weird. It came out of nowhere. It had no context. And it was probably two, three decades later. It did remind me of Only Murders in the Building. Yeah. Like, it was I think like... that's what irritated me about it. <laughs> it was very like twee. There was loads of people playing different instruments and having the props. Yeah. So. And I just kind of, if that had happened at the start to open the story and maybe been touched on throughout, it would have made sense as the ending and I wouldn't have felt like the ending was rushed in that scenario. But because it just sort of came out of nowhere, I was a bit like, did you get bored or something? I think there's been a creative decision there that will probably mean something. Well, I mean, yeah. Like, no, as in like... But I don't... I don't I, it's not clear I'm trying enough what to it think means. It isn't, but I'm trying to think like how twee it is the way they're announcing it, let's say, as if it wasn't a serious thing that happened. Oh uh, yeah, as if it's kind if, of you know just brushing it's over been consigned it. to history yeah. as a form of entertainment. Yeah. All right, maybe we've got there. Potentially, maybe we've got there. But, but I it was do. A bit but, but you should get that when you're first in there. Not necessarily. No, I mean, but most films you should. Something that's thought provoking, and we've got there by talking about it. So I don't think it's necessarily the worst. But it kind of it does kind of take off. It, it really just took, the important bits it's yeah, telling you. So like Ernest and Hale were convicted of life sentences. Yeah. Both were paroled after a few years despite Osage um the Osage protesting to the parole board. Yeah. So another injustice. There we go. Um the the other people that the core conspirators who were kind of involved in the plot with Hale um weren't uh, were implicated 
there weren't they were implicated in it, but they weren't prosecuted due to, and I quote, a lack of evidence. Mm. Um, so again, another injustice. Molly divorced Ernest after the trial. She remarried and died of diabetes, age fifty, in yeah. nineteen thirty-seven. She was as as kind of culturally seemed to do. She was buried with her family, her parents, sisters, and daughter. Mm. Um, her obituary did not refer to the Osage murders. Mm. Um, and then it's got a quite nice final scene where the last scene shown from overhead shows numerous Osage celebrating their surviving culture in a large tribal dance. Oh, yes, I do remember that. That was really nice. So that kind of brought me back in like, oh, that's quite nice. Yeah, it was a little bit like... Um... But all that important information, as we say, was told in this kind of really weird form. Really quick, um, quick form. I don't know. It took me out at the end and I just, I left confused rather than satisfied. Yeah. In spite of it being a really, really top-notch film. Yeah. Um, I tell you what as well, another thing I would, why I probably use the word depressing Mm-hmm. Um, it still felt quite timely, sadly. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a whole lot has changed. In, Especially because this has. came out around the time Australia were voting to <laughs> recognise the rights of oh, Indigenous God, yeah. people, which did not... Not a good look, that. Well, it was a no yeah, as well, the referendum. So know, that's what um, I mean. Although I do, I mean, I do think Australia's got probably racial issues that it has baked into its history that it hasn't fully confronted like most of us in the westernized kind of world um but yeah i felt it was very timely especially due to kind of greed and with oil as well like it black gold as they've always called it isn't it like it it doesn't matter who's got the oil people will be around it like vultures um Mm. so like flies around shit exactly yeah so um yeah so this film cost two hundred million pounds. Did it? So, but sorry if you can hear those fireworks. We're recording very near. Well, after bonfire. Bon- I don't bon- think you'd be bon- able to pick them up. On oh, right, well, okay. exposed. Um, whilst it did look lavish, kind of beautiful, had all these stars in it. Like, what the hell did Apple spend all that money on? Like, two hundred million is like a really CGI heavy film. Mm, with Lord, yeah. but I mean, strengths... unless the, the paid Scorsese a fortune because this well, film possibly. is going onto Apple TV. Um, they released it into cinema to kind of give it a bit more of a probably an awards push to get it on cinemas first. Um, but did they really just want to have um, a Scorsese prestige film on their streaming service? Maybe. Probably. Um, do you think people sit down to watch it on streaming when it comes out though? Well, I know people who saw the trailer were interested in it and were put off going to the cinema for a three and a half hour film because you can't pause it and get up and go for a wee. So maybe they will watch it at home. You know, when they said some cinemas were doing intervals, yeah, they've absolutely clamped down on that now. Apparently Scorsese and, and the filmmakers were furious that cinemas were allowing them to do that that's as petty as i don't think it is petty no they don't create a film to be paused halfway through that's not the like people need to be comfortable watching it yeah but three and a half hours isn't that long to not go for a way yeah it is if you're a healthily hydrated person i've been to cinemas in other countries and it's in india commonplace india yes bollywood films are designed to have intervals now this one wasn't well i saw it so it's not a bollywood film well again that wasn't but that should probably shouldn't have done but but the interval was welcome because i needed a wee see i agree with the filmmakers on this one i think if they haven't if they haven't paced it for a break if they haven't you know like a musical is paced for a break yeah this big number before the curtain comes down like yeah, I understand that. But also, like, people need to be comfortable to enjoy the art. So maybe when thinking about a three-and-a-half-hour film, you should pace it for a break. Yeah, maybe. 
Like it feels a bit. Does it feel ableist? I'm not thinking about the people who are going to be seeing this film. I'm thinking about myself. Does it feel ableist? Uh, I think you could argue it was ableist if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, It's certainly less accessible to have a three and a half hour film than a, say, two hour film. So I do think that filmmakers need to consider that going forward and not throw a hissy fit if people want to put an interval in. I think this is maybe why Apple are quite happy with the box office numbers reportedly because whilst it cost them 200 million to make, it is meant to be going on their streaming platform and it's made about 120 million worldwide. So like the people who are happy to sit and watch a three and a half hour film in the cinema have been and done it and hopefully the rest can watch it at home yeah. and drive some subscribers for them yeah. because Apple TV, I'm telling everyone, as I've said before, is probably the best streaming service out there. Oh, interesting. Um, so... I mean, all of these long films at the cinema, I have developed a little bit of an unhealthy habit when I know we're going to see a long film. Do you dehydrate I dehydrate yourself? myself in the day. It's bad. It is bad, isn't it? Listen to what you're doing to me, <laughs> um, cinema industry. But yeah, I think... That's me pretty much done. Yeah, my closing statement I've written, so I'm going to read. Oh, at three like hours, a bit. At three hours 26, it's a long one, but if you can afford needing the... Uh, Not needing the must loo. Miss that. Mess that up. If you can avoid needing the loo, it's so easy to get lost in the story. I found it to be very well paced. Star rating? Four and a half. And it was four from me Ned liked this one more than me which I would probably say the star ratings reflect uh, our conversations yeah um interesting yeah now let's unsheath the gaydar it's a wonderful piece of machinery devised by Ned's own hand and we use it to rank all the films and tv we discuss based on their lgbtq plus appeal let's see where the gaydar ranks killers of the flower moon I love the little run you have to do every time I say that bit. Because I forget to bring the gay Darth mm. in. Um, it's way down there. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. It is... Below Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Yeah. Above Interstellar. <laughs> right. I'm I'll tell you why. Th- I'll tell th- you why. Because there's something inherently gay about cowboys, and this is a Western-ish. Okay. <laughs> I don't actually have much to comment on it because it isn't doesn't really yeah. have any queer th- no, themes No, there's not really much all. else to say. Um and it didn't really need it unless there was parts of the story. Because I know quite, um, there's quite an interesting, I think it's quite an interesting topic about kind of gender and sexuality within Native American communities. Maybe, but I think possibly one we'll have to get into. I think, well, didn't we see, that we saw that one and we interviewed the director. We did, yeah. Um, and I think they've got, do they call it two spirit rather than kind of like non-binary or is that something yeah. completely different? Non-binary is a very recent word for what it is, even though it's existed a what long it time. refers to yeah. has existed for a long time, yeah. But yeah, I guess this film wasn't designed to explore those themes, which is no, fine no. with me. Uh, yep, that's that's all I have to say on that one. Okay. So that's all for this time. If you have enjoyed this episode of Gaze on Film, please subscribe, rate and comment on your podcast platform of choice. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Gaze on Film Pod. And check out our Letterboxd accounts. The links to those are in the show notes. Excuse me. I feel like you've been holding that burp in for ages. Just since I started this sentence. Oh. We'd love to hear your thoughts, so please do feel free to drop us a message. I'd like to know if people, uh, were you put off the three and a half hour runtime? Yeah, would you complain about an interval? (laughs) 
I've been Ned. And I've been Declan. And this has been Gaze on Film. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.